It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Lakers had a shot to close out the Warriors. Steph Curry and the Dubs have the beating heart of a champion. But would that be enough? Although the Knicks live to fight another day, and Justin Herbert is not a top five quarterback? We explain. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. LeBron James versus Steph Curry. One team down 3-1. We have taken this road before. In this case, it was the reverse with LeBron James down 3-1. But just like last time, the team down took care of business in Game 5. The Warriors got a 121-106 to win. This series now stands at three games to two. Andy Kamenetsky from Locked On Lakers joins me now. And Andy... Perhaps more frustrating right now for for the Lakers than this loss is Anthony Davis, who takes an elbow in the fourth quarter. Um, at one point, had to be in a wheelchair to be to be taken back for for more tests. And this seems like this is the number one story that now comes out of Game Five. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, losing Game Five, getting sent back to LA for Game Six, it's obviously not the outcome that you wanted, but it's not necessarily an outcome that people wouldn't have seen coming to some degree. I I think a lot of people thought even if the Lakers are going to end up closing out this series, more likely to happen in LA, but this is a really potentially big deal. You know, Anthony Davis, according to Chris Haynes during the TNT broadcast, needing use of a wheelchair. I don't know if it was to get out of the arena or to be taken back to the locker room, you know, hopefully just, being super cautious and you know maybe him being a little bit dizzy and then recognizing there's no point to him walking but the obvious concern that i'm sure everybody's going through right now is thinking concussion if it's concussion it seems pretty impossible for him to be back on the court for a game six like i i don't think the concussion protocol in the nba what's league mandated that's enough time to turn around. Frankly, I don't know this off the top of my head. I could picture game seven being in jeopardy. Certainly depending on, on the severity of those kinds of injuries. I remember uh, Carlos Delfino with the Bucks. He missed weeks with a concussion, just never felt right. And again, we don't want to speculate on, no. on severity or any of those things, but understanding this is the big story we're following coming out of this game on the court, Andy. Um, this was the first time we saw Andrew Wiggins look like the guy that we saw in the NBA Finals last year when he was the Warriors' second best player, 25 points and seven boards, also handed out five assists in this one. Was was this game for you and and Wiggins in particular? He seemed to typify this urgency that the Warriors played with that maybe the Lakers didn't quite match. Was there more to it than that? 
See, I actually Wiggins obviously twenty five points from Wiggins, seven rebounds, five assists. That's huge for this team. To me, what really, if you want to frame it in terms of like the urgency or or, or players rising up to the occasion, I'm going with Draymond Green, twenty mm. points. Uh, Gary Payton the second, thirteen points. You know, he he is neither one of those guys are players that you count on really for their scoring. Stan Van Gundy said during the broadcast. He couldn't remember Draymond Green looking to be this offensively aggressive in quite some time. He, he had 11 shots during this game, plus five trips to the line. You know, I may go through basketball reference, you know, cross-checking, stuff like that. I'm willing to bet it's been a minute since he's had that type of uh, offensive aggressiveness in a playoff game. So let's say uh, Anthony Davis can't go. In Game Six, what, what do the Lakers turn to? What can they what can they hang their hat on in his absence? I mean, first of all, insofar as who plays in his absence, that's a really intriguing question in and of itself. Um, you know, Wenyan Gabriel, I guess, is technically the backup center on this team, but his minutes have been pretty sporadic. Uh, Mo Bamba, I don't think, is clear to play at this point with an ankle injury that basically he's been dealing with since the moment he was acquired in a deal. He only played a handful of games before getting hurt. And, you know, Tristan Thompson needs a name tag, you know, to <laughs> inter- like, I, I, there's a 50, 50 chance. He has no idea who Max Christie is like on this team. Like, so I don't know if they look to go super small, um, whether either with, Wenyan at the five, whether LeBron at the five, maybe you play Rui Hachimura in that role. I, it's a really interesting question because the Lakers have really been running Anthony Davis at center and really trying to avoid anything other than Anthony Davis at center for the majority of these playoffs. Stay up to date all year on the LA Lakers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Lakers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Knicks needed a win and got it. But can they come all the way back? Before we answer that, you might be surprised by the latest person to talk to the Raptors about their head coaching vacancy. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You have to try it. I eat them basically every day. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. But what's even better is they're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. It is doing something good for your body while also doing something good for your mind and having something delicious. Now you don't need to wait to get a box either. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. That's how I usually do it. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get all the specialty flavors at Built.com. So head to the nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in. Grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter puff, which is a banger, and churro puff. And you can thank me later. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. 15-year NBA veteran and current ESPN analyst J.J. Redick interviewed for the Toronto Raptors coaching job this week, according to a report by ESPN on Wednesday. I would hope ESPN had that report. Redick was part of a first round of interviews and met with the franchise leadership in Toronto, according to the report. He had been a target for several teams, including the Boston Celtics, as an assistant coach since retiring as a player in 2021. Redick is one of more than a dozen candidates who have talked with the Raptors in a wide-ranging search process. Elsewhere in Toronto, the Maple Leafs avoided elimination for one more game. They beat the Panthers 2-1 in Game 4 and are headed home for Game 5. The Toronto Maple Leafs live to fight another day. David Morrissey here from the Locked On Leafs podcast. A narrow 2-1 victory in Game 4 over the Florida Panthers means the Toronto Maple Leafs do not get swept in their second round series. And now it will go back to Toronto for Game 5 where the Leafs will look to pull off the improbable and come back from a 3-0 series deficit. The core four getting in on the action with Nylander and Marner scoring for the Leafs. Joseph Wall was the story, though, making some big, big saves and keeping the Leafs in this game. We'll discuss that and more on the latest edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. It is your team every day. On the diamond, Shohei Otani tribe, but the rest of the Angels struck out and lost the series to the Astros. 34. That's how many times the Angels struck out against the Astros over this three-game set. 14 on Wednesday. 14 on Tuesday and 6 on Monday, and they drop the series and the game on Wednesday, 5-4 to four to the Astros. What's going on, everybody? John Frisch, one half of Locked On Angels. The Angels had a little bit of a comeback in the ninth inning after Shohei Otani got a two-run home run. They had two more runners get on in Anthony Rendon and Hunter Renfro, and then it happened again. Strikeout, pop-up, ground out. There's just no offense in this game. The defensive miscues and sloppy defense caused Griffin Canning to have a short start. He gave up five earned runs and three and two-thirds innings. That fourth inning, he could just not get out of it. The Angels got to wake up the bats and stop swinging at junk and stop striking out if they want to have any success. They have to beat teams within their division, and they've dropped the series to Texas and Houston now. We're going to talk about this one on Lockdown Angels. We hope you'll join us. And is Rymel to be a clutch? Well, he was on Wednesday as the Red Sox won. Ryan Maltapia delivered a clutch pinch hit RBI for the Red Sox. And Tristan Casas added some insurance in the ninth to make sure the Red Sox did not leave Atlanta without a win. What's going on, everyone? It's Lauren from Lockdown Red Sox. And Boston is back in the win column after a brief losing streak. They took the second game of a two-game series from the Braves at Truist Park. Tapia and Casas came in strong with the offense, and Brian Bale looked 
really good in his outing. Yes, he was left in a little bit too long for my liking, for his liking, but to no fault of his own. Still, he's making a case to be a mainstay in this starting rotation. Really liked what I saw from Bayo, and I think fans should be encouraged by what they saw as well. Jake and I are going to break down this game for you from start to finish on our next episode of Locked on Red Sox. Here is another story you need to know. After game four between the Knicks and the Heat, Julius Randle said the Heat just wanted it more. While with the brink of elimination staring the New York Knicks in the face, Jalen Brunson said, I will not go quietly into that good night. 38 points in 48 minutes. Yes, every minute in an elimination game in front of a hyped up Madison Square Garden crowd. Alex Wolf from Locked On Knicks joins me now. And and Alex, this is the kind of game that you can't get out hustled and out and out want to. The question is going to be how can you translate it to potentially two more games if you have to? Yeah, I mean, as a Knicks fan, I was sitting there watching this game and like for over half of it, I was just kind of like like sitting there with this bittersweet feeling of like, where was this in three yeah. out of the last four games? Like <laughs> this would have been great in the last game when, you know, they, they had a chance, they were knocking on the door against the heat and just could not get a stop defensively, could not secure an offensive rebound. No problem in this game though. I mean, they were right back to themselves. The Knicks were like securing offensive rebounds. Mitchell Robinson, you know, played really well in that regard was, was really gobbling up offensive boards. Isaiah Hartenstein, same deal, like generating second opportunities for the Knicks. And like, I guess the best part was too, they didn't necessarily need as many second opportunities because they were actually hitting threes in this game. Like I know some teams like would probably look at 38% and be like, ah, whatever, that's an average night from three for the Knicks. That is like an enormous win right now (laughs) uh, to shoot 38% from three, like two points above league league average. Get out of here, man. That's crazy. Uh, But Jalen Brunson, you mentioned total warrior, like played all 48. Uh, Quentin Grimes too played all 48 and we were talking about it right before we started recording, but had the play of the postseason for the Knicks so far. I mean, this will be the play that I remember this postseason by honestly, like it was just nothing amazed me more than Quentin Grimes getting hit by a moving screen by Bam Adebayo who stuck his leg out and uh, caught Grimes' knee. No call, of course, because they haven't called that all series. But uh, then Grimes on one leg with a with a banged knee, uh, kept Jimmy Butler in front of him, stripped him, secured a steal, and the Knicks end up winning the game uh, down the stretch. It was, it was a fantastic effort all across the board for the Knicks. You mentioned energy and intensity, um, the, the defensive rebounding numbers, the the Knicks and the offensive rebounding numbers out rebounded the Heat fifty to thirty four in this game. If you do that, you're you're going to have a good opportunity in terms of second chance points. But you also saw Jimmy Butler. He's five of 12 in this game. Um, Gabe Vincent, who's been awesome for the heat in this postseason, he shoots three of 10 and the heat overall shoot just 30% from three. How much of that was defense as an extension of the energy intensity? And how much of that is just guys missing shots? I think it was, I, I think the Knicks adjusted their defensive scheme well in this game and they didn't, they didn't go back to a mistake they made at the end of last game, which was in the last game, uh, they decided late to go back to the strategy of doubling Jimmy Butler. And then they were constantly having to over rotate and, and it was just leading to all those, those three point makes for the heat, but then also all those offensive rebounds because the Knicks were just scrambled constantly because J- 
James Butler is great at passing out of doubles, but the reality is, is if you could put a good defender on him, like a Quentin Grimes, you know, as long as you can keep him away from getting all the way to the rim, he's perfectly content to take like one footer fadeaways from the mid range all day. <laughs> and sometimes yes, he'll heat up and he'll just make those like crazy. But other times he'll just be a normal basketball player and make like 35 to 40% of those. And you can live with that. Um, or even if he makes 50% of them, you can live with it because it's like, it's not a great shot. Uh, so I think that was the big difference. And now of course you still saw, some guys like Duncan Robinson shaking free and the Knicks weren't necessarily respecting him enough. And I mean, not even just from the three point line, but like Robinson had a baseline cut for a layup at one point. That's totally unacceptable. Like Duncan Robinson should not be getting two feet in the paint at any point in any game ever, but it's been the Duncan Robinson rejuvenation playoffs. Yeah, really? Like he's going to, now the heat somehow are magically going to like flip him as like a value contract this off season yeah. or something. Stay up to date all year on the New York Knicks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Knicks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Justin Herbert is not a top five quarterback. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The LA Chargers have a very talented player at quarterback. Justin Herbert has done some impressive things so far in his young career. So why have James Rapine and Tony Wiggins left him out of their top five quarterbacks on a recent Locked On NFL? Because I think he's in my top 10, Justin Herbert. He's in mine too. But he's not in my top five. Mm -mm. And part of it is what happened to him against Trevor Lawrence and mm -hmm. against the, the Jaguars and, and people say, Oh, well, they're not playing against each other. Boo hoo. Yes, they are. That's what happens. Everyone says Mahomes, Burrow, Allen Mahomes. We just did it. That's part of it. It just is what it is. Right. Curry, LeBron, people look at head to head, even if you're not necessarily guarding or going up against that person, because you're right. talking about stars. So Herbert's not in my top five. Nobody expected anything. And all of a sudden he comes out and he looks like Dan Marino. But since then, he's lost playoff games and he's had some very stagnant and, and real performances where he just looks like a statue. And it looks like with him that once things tend to go bad, he can't hit the switch and turn it back the other way. And that's my biggest criticism with Justin Herbert. The thing about top fives is five is an arbitrary number. There are tiers at the top of the league and Justin Herbert is at or near the top of those lists, the top of those tiers. Patrick Mahomes is in a tier by himself. No one else is approaching what he does at this point, especially with Aaron Rodgers, who was the back-to-back -back league MVP in 2020 and 2021, not looking like himself this past season after dealing with multiple injuries. Now he's got a new home in New York. Who knows what that's going to look like in year one. The next tier is to me at least clearly Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Not only do they have the regular season 
pedigree and production, the success in the regular season, they have also gone out and proven it in the postseason. Multiple playoff appearances, multiple big playoff wins. And so they are in a conversation by themselves with some of the other younger players in the league. Jalen Hurts has the one nice playoff run. You've got players like Trevor Lawrence, one playoff appearance and run now. That's where we get to Justin Herbert. One playoff game. And it was a game they lost in inglorious fashion. To be in that tier of guys, you have to have more than that. That's why if you argued Aaron Rodgers still ahead of Justin Herbert because he's the four-time MVP. They go to the playoffs every year. Well, except last year. They're probably going to go to the playoffs this year. I, I would buy that. But for me, it's hard to get to five. Like, I'm taking Justin Herbert over Trevor Lawrence. I'm taking Justin Herbert over a lot of these other up-and-coming players. Jalen Hurts, yes, he just took his team to a Super Bowl. Arguably the most talented team in the league. What Justin Herbert has done, walking into the league from day one, what he did last year with banged up ribs the whole season, Mike Williams hurt half the year, Keenan Allen hurt half the year. He's going out there, throwing to receivers you've never heard of, and I've never heard of, his all-pro left tackle out the entire season. And he still produced. Justin Herbert is a top five quarterback. And finally, PGA Tour caddy Joe LaCava is making up for the time he has off while not caddying for Tiger Woods. The current caddy for Patrick Cantlay. LaCava decided that just because Cantlay is off this week doesn't mean he has to be. He's working with the number one women's golfer in the world, Nellie Corda. Where is Corda's caddy, you ask? Well, she just had a baby. From Tiger Woods to Nellie Corda. Pretty good life that Joe LaCava has. Must be a pretty good caddy. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, can the Celtics force Game 7? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 